Hello and welcome to Carry On Streaming, a podcast in which I, Jeremy Lim, watch all the Carry On films in order and analyse them in detail so you don't have to. I don't have to either, but uh, I think there's something fundamentally wrong with my brain. But luckily I don't have to do it alone, no, by Jiminy I don't. Each episode I'm joined by a very special one of about three people. And uh, this week uh, I'm joined by my good friend Mr Paul Litchfield. Paul, hello. Hello, Jeremy. Hello. Hello, hello. Hello to you. And hello to you too. Goodbye. Goodbye and hello again. Be- Hi. Because we have to discuss the film, which... Um, we the go very first, I believe, isn't it? very first, way back to the beginning. 1958 it was. And it's, yes. of course, Carry On Corporal. Carry On Corporal, of course. Now, yeah. I, I remember watching this. They used to show them in, on about 6 o'clock on BBC Two. So you right. You go back from school and you'd watch a Carry On film. Uh, this is probably the first time I saw, saw this film. I think I was heavily influenced by carry-on films when I got home from school, especially it reflected in my homework, which got more risque. Oh, really? Yeah, so a lot of my, when I was doing my maths homework, a lot of it was just pictures of ladies' boobs. But uh, quite often that was the right answer, though, I seem to remember. Oh, no, it was, it, I, think, I think, yeah, I think I got an A+. Plus, so it probably so. got you through your GCSEs. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. So there's one more thing to thank carry-on for. But, um, I mean... I, so I hadn't seen it since then. I'd forgotten most of it. I watched it. Did I? It's on YouTube. Did you watch it on YouTube? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sent me the link, and yeah. I watched it. And I think it's the first time I've seen it in at least um, twenty-five seasons. I know it's weird, isn't it? It's um, it's very odd. So what is it hasn't it quite hasn't quite found its well, feet. That's exactly yet. what I was going to say. It doesn't feel anything like a carry-on film in many no. ways. No, it's only got no. like, it's a couple of the cast are in place already. Um, yeah, there's and, and there's some. Uh, well, I think the first thing because because you told me, which I, mm. I, I had no idea about this, that um, that Carry On Corporal was was the start of what was going to not necessarily be Carry On films, but a series of films about. Yeah. Cor- about... Is it about the same corporal or? Well, I don't really know. There's not much information about it apart from a list of list of the titles and, and very yeah. very brief praises of the plots. But um, yeah, and so you've, got, of... you've got some of the titles, haven't you? Yeah. So well, the the second one was going to be called Nice One Corporal. Um, right. Then Keep Up Corporal. Right. Uh, watch Out Corporal, and then it gets a bit vague and the, a bit more into the realms of hearsay as to what the other ones were going to be because obviously we don't know how far they plan it in advance. No, because I, cause I, I sort of, when you told me that information, I was looking and I found um, um, a few more of what oh, they're yeah. planning. And, and there's a strange escalation with it. Yeah. Um, because I think that at one point there's one that's just called uh, Shove Off Corporal. Oh, Shove Off Corporal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And then after that, they have planned Get Stuff Corporal. Yes. And then Get a Life Corporal. That's right. You've had yes. it now, Corporal. Yes, I've, I've read this. this, this and then um, it's a court martial for you, Corporal. Yeah. And then looks like it's the noose for you, Corporal. And then Corporal haunts again, which I presume he comes back from the dead. I know, but no Corporal haunts in the first place, just haunts again. No, no, it's very odd. odd. It was very odd. And in a way, it's sad that they didn't um, didn't go with that. Um, <laughs> well, it is sad in a way. But, yeah, but only in but a way. not in a very good way. No, only in one way, and that is an awful yeah. way. Uh, well, yeah. But um, uh, presumably, because the Corporal famously was played um, by... Um, well, he's not very well known. What was his name? Gerald something, isn't it? Yeah. It's not, not Gerald Thomas, because he was one of the... No. It's not Gerald Thomas. Ger- oh, sorry, no. yeah, Ger- Gerald Ponsonby, that was it. So I've not seen him in any Gerald else. Ponsonby. So he plays the economist no, I've... corporal. Um, yeah, and um, he's, he's very well, sort of as we said. Up... Yeah, I mean, despite 
the fact that he had two different types of lisp. Well, um, I know, and they manifest themselves depending on whether it's in a two-shot or a close-up. So, which is odd, isn't it? Well, I'm wondering if, because obviously they famously had to stop filming every day at one. Uh, because, right. Because um, the catering, well, it was in a pub, so... I mean, yeah, there was no, there was no filming after lunch. To be honest, no, they couldn't get anything in the can. So, and, and this is one of the. I think the, it says here that the shooting dates uh, it took um, two and a half years to make the film. I know that that's the, that's the incredible thing. I didn't realize this, that they they. I mean, it was supposed to be originally a, a post-war um, sort of yeah celebratory film of, of the armed services. So it was, the planning was back way back in forty-five, forty-six, something like that. It's strange, isn't it? Because they say you know by the time we set up the first shot um, and 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 did a couple of lines of dialogue, then it was a wrap for lunch and and time time to get squiffy. Exactly. Um, yeah. And yeah. they'd all get drunk, go home, and then resume the next morning. Well, and that presumably explains why they got through so many directors. I mean, it's a troubled shoot. I know. Did, um, did, did you know that actually it was the third most successful film at the British box office um, mm. in, in 1958? So, um, I, I mean, it was only beaten by um, Headmaster Did a Whoopsie. Oh, yes, and, which, is, uh, which is a great film, actually. Yeah. Which is a great film. And of, course, and, of course, the Japanese pub. The, which... the, the Japanese pub? Yeah, well, that was number one at the time. Oh, really? No, I've never yeah. seen the Japanese pub. Isn't that James Robinson Justice? Yeah. Um, in a sort of slightly racially insensitive mode very racially insensitive mode i mean for most of the film he has a wok on his head yeah he's got a right Which, wok on yeah that's well yeah. I, I think he even says that i got a wok on i know well we're not here to talk about no the we're Japanese not pub. no no but uh, we'll do that another time maybe yeah yeah maybe so so carry on corporal, carry on, corporal. now what did you think because i i it took me a while to cotton on that the rastafarian uh yes. cook in the officer's mess was terry scott well, he, for start, he, he looks he's so thin. I mean, for one thing, I mean, we associated him with painfully thin. I mean, I, I think he was he was quite ill at the time because obviously they were quite circumspect in those days as to um, as to the nature of illness. But right. uh, apparently, it was an STD, um, which um, he'd caught off. I mean, ITV or BBC, I'd imagine. Well, okay, let's let's put it that way. Yes, I was gonna I was gonna probably impugn the name of an actress, but uh, ooh, let's, ooh, let's not go ooh. there. No, I wouldn't. Let's would. just say he starred in a long-running sitcom with her, and her name was June. But I'm not going to go any further no, than that. nothing else. Nothing else at all. And then she later appeared as Doc Cotton. Um, yeah. That's all I'm going to say. So, yeah, Terry Scott as the Rastafarian, Rastafarian cook, cook, and yeah. he's just called Filthy. He's just called Filthy. But he is, of course, the first uh, thing we see on screen, isn't it? Him, yes. Him in his, in, in his kitchen. I mean, maybe yeah. we should, because if people haven't seen it, maybe we should talk through the plot, such as, uh, such as yeah, it is. I mean, it's, such as it is. It's a series um, of vignettes more than anything, isn't it, really? Yeah, but sort of cobbled together, slightly rushed. Um, oh, nice. It ends with a big sort of, um, well, the basic idea of a custard pie fight, but it's done with tanks. And, I know, um, and, throwing, uh, throwing tanks at people. Throwing tanks at people, yeah. well, putting a bit of shaving foam on top of the tank. I know. Um, I mean, there's an amazing bit where, where Kenneth Connor gets lamped by a by a tank. It is amazing, and it's it's quite. I have to say, they're quite quite impressive special effects for the time. Yeah, well, apparently they um, they they did drop at one point a zeppelin onto a Kenneth Connor, and and ah. it was an actual zeppelin. Well, I was wondering this because I I read somewhere that this is a very very primitive sort of CGI that they were using, based on right. the, the Enigma machine that they'd uh, rescued from from Bletchley Park. Really, they'd repurposed it. Um, you know, when they were planning the film, they thought, let's let's make a film using all this wizardry that the boffins mm. have come up with. 
but um, but you could tell that they they sort of ran out of budget pretty quick because there's yeah. a couple of times where um, they go look at the size of that, and then you can clearly see that someone's just holding a piece of paper with a drawing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, even though it's not which... the drawing of what it should be. Exactly. That was the weird draw- thing. Drawing of Terry Scott. Is the bit I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're all outside a huge sort of um, industrial arms depot, and they yes. go look at the size of that, and then there's a very crude drawn picture of terry scott that's held up i mean i presume it's terry scott it's quite unclear at that point because it's hard to tell with the wig because it's a very long raster wig um, yeah and 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 the drawing was was, i mean i I don't know well it was an awful drawing but also the version i saw that was quite panned and scanned because it was originally filmed in amazing i think it was only for this film what was it called Amazovision or something, something Amazo stupid Vision. like that. Yeah, Where it yeah. Was a hundred to to two, the um, the 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 frame. Oh, what, rate. The ratio. The ratio. The... Yeah, exactly. Right. Gosh. So I mean, most of what we see is only like about a, a, a barely a tenth of it, to be honest. Yeah, so, which, which left to the imagination, isn't it? I suppose. Exactly, which makes it more confusing than maybe they intended it to be i mean i don't know i think so i think there was i think that you can tell that this is a big experimental yeah. thing that they were doing um but i think they got too experimental there's... i mean there's a 10 minute dream sequence mm, yes, um, uh, which is very uh dark and slightly sort of um i don't know nightmarish and um, it's, and it's it... sort of slightly unclear as to who's having the dream as well whether it's um... well it starts off with dora bryan yeah dora... Um, that's right well she's she's the tea lady she's tossing and turning in her bed yeah because i think sort of disembodied that, yeah i think it's because someone had slipped because they're trying out some sort of new military yes poison they're going to use and there's a bit in the scene before where they where they put it into dora bryan's tea urn that's right yes but then, like, every, you know, then everyone has a cup of tea from her own. yeah I mean, which is bizarre even the person who put it in there which yeah. is odd exactly. and then and then arthur Lowe, a young arthur Lowe. Um, a very young arthur Lowe um in that and then and then everyone seems affected except dora who then just walks out shot and then we cut to dora in bed yeah. And then you have this sort of feverish nightmare. It's, it's, it's terrifying, actually. I was going to say that's the only bit. There's a flash of colour, isn't there? In that one it, tiny flash of colour, and it and and it's and it says the word red, but it's in the colour blue. Which I know. Is very odd. It's very odd. Yeah. Very yeah, sort yeah. of mad, you know. And she keeps because her character in it, Dora Bryan's character. Uh, I don't know if this is laziness or maybe they just thought it was funny, but Dora Bryan's character is Bora Dryan. Yes, I, I, I noticed that. They, yeah, so they, throughout the sequence, you just sort of going, it's quite disconcerting, isn't it? Especially as she's set up to be the, like the, the sort of the young, lovely sex object as well. And so when she starts going, yeah. Yeah. And I presume they've done a 10-minute dub- sequence as well. <laughs> I presume they've dubbed some voice of it. It's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. And, and she, I have to say, she hasn't got good teeth for, the, for, for that. Not effect. at all. No, too many, I think. Too many. Really. Uh, too... Yeah, I counted at least 47. Well, she seems to have two rows of teeth, and I don't quite understand. Yeah, I don't know how, yeah, I don't know how that was... Maybe it's just part of her character arc. Maybe I it is. I mean, I mean, I mean, she did eat sandwiches quickly. Well, there is this sort of eugenic subplot, isn't there, about they're trying to come up with the perfect soldier, and yes. of course, of course, it's Charles Hawtrey who turns out. Yes, and, yeah, he's all. Um, but he's sort of out of character in a way because he's 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 a very strong, silent type in this one. He, yeah, I think he, he only very he doesn't say much at all, does he? He reminds me a bit um, of the Yule Brynner character in Westworld. That's sort of relentless. Yeah, he's, he's like a killing machine because there's a bit where um, she drops um, 
I can't remember what she drops into a tea and uh, knickers or something. It's, and there's uh, a lot it, of that, isn't there? If, if it's, yeah, there's lots of dropping things in her urn. And um, he and um, he just puts his hand in the tea urn and he doesn't even flinch, does he? It's horrible, isn't it? Um, Apparently, it, he did it, that for real, and that, and that was yeah. Do you see that on the trivia on IMDb? He, yeah, he, well, it got third-degree burns, apparently. Exactly, but he came up with it in rehearsal. He said, this, this is what my character would do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, and, and which is why he wears that long glove. Exactly. Um, which is not continuity-wise. You're like, why is he wearing the what? Oh, I see, because in real life he right up to his elbow. Because people don't realise that actually Hawtrey was, was a method actor. He started off as one. He went to the Lee Strasberg School, and you know he was known as the British Montgomery Clift. I mean, very briefly. He was, yeah. Yeah. Mainly by his mum. He apparently spent three, uh, four months um, thinking he was a peacock as part of an experimental uh, theatre piece. Yes. Um, called the Human Zoo, where, where oh. everyone had to sort of pretend they were an animal. And apparently he, 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 he stayed in character as a peacock for four months. That's amazing. Never yes. once did he, yes, did he break cause, character. Because it, it was a two-hander with him and Ted Ray, wasn't it? And Ted yeah, said, aye, aye, why don't you just try acting? And, and of course, Hawtrey at the time just went, Meow! Exactly, this is like all they could do. Meow! I mean, so credit to him, and I think, I mean, this is one of his best performances in this in this film, I have to say. Yeah, well, I think this is Hawtrey, um, certainly in the first four or five films, at, at his best, before the drinking problem set in, and he sort of becomes the Hawtrey that we all know him to be. Yeah. All the all the trademark catchphrases that, that's not a goose, exactly. you know, yeah, yeah. Coming out and you yeah, know, yes, things like that. Um, so but but again, carry on, corporal is the first one, so uh, Every, you know, everything was up for grabs, everything's up for grabs, nothing's bedded in. No, um, you had a lovely bit of trivia earlier, but I've got I've got a rather interesting piece of trivia oh, yeah. for you. Um, there's a tiny, it's a tiny little bit with a little boy, and he's outside the barracks just leaning against the wall. Yeah, um, if you look at the credits, it just says stupid crying uh, boy, stupid crying um, boy, yeah. Do you know who that stupid crying boy is? Well, I thought it was Richard Wattis, but I... I no, 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 Richard would be too old. That is actually a very young, he's eight years old, Peter Gabriel. Oh, is it? Ah. Yeah, Peter Gabriel actually plays the stupid crying boy. Well, that is, actually, that makes a lot of sense, because the, the dream sequence that, that Bora Dryan has, yeah. they do that sort of stop-motion thing. And mm. stuff crawling over her face like plasticine animals and, and um, yeah, just and shrinking, salt, yeah, and plasticine tanks and things. And it's I, at the time I was thinking, this is this is Sledgehammer, this is the video to Sledgehammer. Oh, gosh, it could have I mean? almost been, yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I mean, if you take away the sort of military oompa well, pop music, although the, even that, because it's sort of, I want to be your bofa's gun. I mean, it's yeah. so distorted, it's difficult to hear. But that's, it's hard, it's hard to hear. It's the same lyrics, isn't it, really? Yeah, well, yeah, do you know what? Yeah, it could have been Sledgehammer or uh, Big Time or, I mean, obviously way before its time, if it's anything. Well, exactly. Um, wow. I mean, God, I'm, I'm wondering if that. this is why they don't show it so often anymore, because of plagiarism charges. Well, I, I think it's because of the, um, it's the only carry-on to have a certificate 18, isn't it? Uh, um, uh, well, that, well, we'll come on to because, that in future episodes. But, well, uh, yeah, I suppose, yeah. But um, I think it is it is actually the famous uh, Bora Dryan, you know, drug scene. Because there is a bit... I mean, she's, she's, is it drugs, though? Well, 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 it's something that's been slipped into the tea. Uh, well, again, yeah. Um, but, you know, I think it's all the hair ripping. That's, um, it's at, quite you know, violent, ripping it, really? hair out of her scalp. Um, the throwing of excrement. Oh, is it excrement? I thought, I thought it was I, trifle. I thought, 
Well, the trouble is because no. it's in black and white, it's difficult to see what, what what's going on quite a lot of the time. It's what's quite murky what? as well. Yeah. And apparently yeah. they were trying to do an experimental sort of 3D effect, but in black and white. So oh, you wow. To, and you, in the cinemas, you were supposed to wear like black and white glasses. Right. Um, but apparently it didn't work. It didn't work. It, it just no. made everything into, into 1D. Well, I think because a lot of people couldn't afford the glasses, they would just bring in their sunglasses and they would just paint one lens with exactly, white paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, all they, they can only see half of anything there. Exactly, and it was the only film made like this, so unless you're going yeah, to see Carrie yeah. Corporal every, every day, then it's a well, waste, waste no. of time, really. But still, as I say, third most successful film at the British box office, yeah. despite all those yeah. odd things. And, and of course, this is, um, this is Norman Hoodis, isn't it, who wrote this? No, yes. He's, he's the I, first writer of the carry-on He film. is, Norman Hoodis. But, I mean, apparently... Well, I don't know. I don't know if you heard this, but um, Kingsley Amos, have you heard this story? No, no, go on. Kingsley Amos was brought on board just to gag it up a bit, um, right? Because it was it was all going down a very dark path. The experimental dr- um, drugs and the chemical warfare elements. I know. Yeah, I mean Terry yeah. Scott is doing his best to sort of. Camp yeah, it up. but he's like he's all hey man, have yourself a coffee. I know. Oh man. You know, all that sort of Rastafarian y stuff that he's trying to pull off. It's, it's a bit uncomfortable viewing, isn't it, really? Yeah, it is a bit odd. But I you know I have no idea. Um, I didn't really know much about um, Norman Hu- uh, Hudis. Um, right. um, apparently, during the war, hmm. he, joined, he joined the RAF, and he's the only person, um, apparently, uh, to, to date, who actually lost his plane in a game of poker in the Middle East. Oh, God. So he spent most of the war just running around pretending he was a plane. Just oh, going, yeah. you know. Well, that, so is that him in, in the last scene, then? That's him, apparently. So he's doing sort of Hitchcock yeah. at the end. Because, you, yeah. you know, when Terry Scott shouts, what was it? Incoming! And That's then, right. And then you suddenly, Incoming, man! And you suddenly see this strange old bloke shuffling towards the camera with his arms yeah. outstretched. And that's, yeah. that's Hudis, is it? Apparently, yeah, yeah, he, he oh. did a little Hitchcocky. I'm, I'm going to briefly be in it. Brilliant. Well, good for him. He didn't, of course, yeah. direct, direct it, though, did he? No, no, um, no. It was credited to Gerald Thomas, as, as a lot of them were. Yeah, but apparently it wasn't, was it? No. Now, I don't know who directed this, actually. You probably a bit more. Well, I did a I little mean... bit of digging, and a lot, yeah. there's a lot of rumour and a lot of hearsay, but apparently um, Danny Kay was on. Right. Well, well, he was seen on set a lot. Um, right. And he, was, he had a megaphone, and he was shouting at people, but apparently he used to do that, so... So you didn't know if he was know, directing no, or just... Having, no, one of his, having one of having his one episodes, of his days, yeah. But but you know Norman um, got the gig. Um, Norman Hughes. Yeah, after leaving the uh, uh, the RAF. I mean, I mean, as you know, he cut his teeth with the very famous films. You know, there's a monkey on my shuttlecock. He wrote that, did uh, he? Yeah, Devil oh. in a Sauna. Oh, Devil! I love um, Devil in a Sauna. And of course, jo- Joan Rock. Collins, isn't it? Yeah, brilliant. As the, as the sauna. As the sauna, she's amazing in that she sort of keeps putting, um, keeps ladling water on herself and steaming, and lashing herself with, with willow twigs and stuff. Yeah, and then of course there's awesome. the rotten ballerina, which of course is the one that really got him famous. Rotten ballerina, I don't think I know that. Yeah, one. it's the it's um that now that is Richard Wattis who um designs a ballerina. And she's made all out of just offcuts of oh, meat. Oh, that's right. It's horrible, isn't it? It's, it's really, yeah, it's really spins on the box. And it's just I've seen clips of it. It's yeah. flying everywhere and feel. And, and it's Pat Coombs as the ballerina, isn't it? Pat Coombs is the ballerina, yeah. yeah. So, so that was the sort of stuff Hudis was doing. And then he got Pinewood then obviously took note of him. 
it's difficult to know whether he was trying to be... F- I mean, they brought King's Amos on board, obviously, to gag it up, but yeah. was it supposed to be a comedy to start with? I'm not sure. I mean, Kenneth Connor even says it, um, it was... He, he he never knew if he was there or or if he wasn't. Quite often it, we, we don't know because he's off the side of the screens because we're, we're yeah. seeing a pan and scan version, of course. Well, uh, well, apparently he he refused to ever shout action, so they never quite knew when to start. So they'd all be standing around for hours, and then of course lunch, and then they'd be in the pub again. So that's yeah, exactly, why it took yeah. so long. Maybe Danny Kaye's function was to act as a sort of director Mon Kaye and uh, possibly Danny yeah. Mon Kaye. Denny Monkey. Yeah. I mean, it's that's, very close, isn't it? Well, that's probably why they got him in. Because that might be why they got him in. It's trouble it's so long ago now. In yeah, fact, I mean... How, how many people... I think there's only one person who's still alive who was in the cast. Right. Well, and two that, now we know about Peter Gabriel. Yes, yes, that's true, yeah. yeah Peter, Peter Gabriel is, is um, you know, you did but, math. But you, um, you might not know who the other survivor... No, I really don't. The cast I, thought, I thought they'd all carked it years no, ago. No, no. Who's still going then? Martin Clunes. Right. I mean, right. It's, it's, it's a moot point because um, his mother goes in for an ultrasound. Oh, And, and you can it, see him, uh, yeah, it's cheating a little bit, isn't it? So, oh, that's wonderful. So that's little Clunes. Little Clunesy. That's amazing. Is that why the ultrasound is just one big ear? Is that, yes. And they even make a joke about it, don't they? they yeah. Say, uh, yeah, he's all ears or something like that. I don't, I don't yeah, know. he's all ears, the yeah. ugly prick. Or, you know, something like that. <laughs> Give us a um, clunes. No, they don't say that. <laughs> so, yeah, That'd it's a real... Stupid. So, Kenneth Connor, I think, is my favourite in this. Um, so he, he, well, he, play, he plays Roger Lightley, Roger which is obviously Lightley. a nice little pun. And he's... he's yeah, played, Roger so, Lightley. He arrives as a private, doesn't he? I mean, he turns, yeah. up, he turns up in Terry Scott's kitchen. And sort of goes, I'm on the right kitchen. place. And Terry's cool, Bobby, what's that you're cooking? And Terry's like, yeah, yeah patties. Yeah, rice you and know, peas and all that. Yeah. Rice and peas and all that. Um, and, and this is all sort of like in the barracks. And then you meet some of the team. Yeah. Obviously, there's no Sir James. He's not in no, this no one. No Sir James yet. Um, no. you got you got, you got Bob Monkhouse, though. Yeah, you got Bob Monkhouse. Kenneth Williams, but only very, very briefly. Yeah, he just goes, hello, and he just runs through shot. Yeah, but he's credited um, as, yeah. as Jesus. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what no, that, I don't know again, what that means. But, but you're right, yeah, Bob Monkhouse looking, looking very dapper as a young man. Really dapper, yeah. Well, of course, this is the film where he wears, um, you know, when they're all getting ready for their military parade, he's, he's, he's got two hats on. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yes. He's got two hats on. He's got two of everything, is he? He's got two, yes. two, um, two ties, two suits on, four shoes. What's this character's name? Is it Dickie? He is Dickie, then. He's Dickie... Um... Yeah, he's Dickie Gently. Dickie so Gently, you got, yeah. you got Roger Lightley and Dickie Gently. That's it, of course. Um, That's why he's, yeah. That's why they go lightly with that, gently with that. That's right, yeah. yeah. When they're, they're handling the uranium. Yeah, yeah. Which is and, sort of and, a MacGuffin, and, isn't it, really? As in, yeah, because they don't really go yeah, anywhere no, no. anywhere with that. Yeah, because there's, the, there's a bit where the Sergeant Major's wife, um, which is Hattie Jakes, and yeah. she's very very amorous and she likes all the, all the young men. Yes. And, and and every time they say, well, you know, I'll, you know, I'll Roger Lightly and I'll Dickie Gently, and she's like, mm, not enough for me. Exactly, yes. Because he wants, obviously, a... Probably a lamppost or something. There's a really odd reaction shot to her when she does all these saucy sides. It always cuts to a pigeon for some reason. I don't know. It's, it's, it always seems to be the same shot as well of it sort of like looking yeah, around stock, suddenly. Stock footage, like it's startled. <laughs> exactly, and it's in no. it's the, the wrong film stock. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something completely different, isn't it? It's, it's, it's weird, isn't it? It is what? very weird. And they once they even do it backwards and it sort of pauses yeah. halfway through. 
Yeah. I don't know. I think it must have meant something. I think it may have been some military um, in joke or something. Maybe. Yeah, or some sort of emblem or, or the, reference to Walter Pigeon or something or something they're referring to. That obviously, I think people in 1958 were probably roaring yes. uh, with laughter when they saw this sort oh, of I stuff. I think they roaring drunk. Well, they probably were as well. But um, I, I think you know all these sort of you know. Um, I don't understand what the pigeon reference is, but then we watch American television now, and That's you true. know someone will, someone will go, "Who do you think you are, hap rap tapered?" You know yeah. they go mental, and, and you know yeah. I. Uh, jump out the window. Speaking of American television, of course, Hattie Jakes' husband, in his only carry-on appearance, is Groucho Marx, madly. But again, out of character. I mean, he, he doesn't do yeah, any wise Yeah, completely out of character. He stands up very straight. Yeah. Um, doesn't smoke, doesn't wear glasses, doesn't have a moustache. Yeah, it doesn't say anything. He's supposed to be the sort of hen-pecked husband of Hattie Jakes, I suppose. But why cut, Why get him in and then just... I don't know. Him? Well, yeah, because keep, they keep sort of referencing that, you know, have you had it? She's like, no, and yeah. not not with him, and she keeps referring yeah. to... And he, roll, he rolls doing... his eyes and gets back to his paper. Yeah. And did you notice what the paper was, by the way? No. No, neither did I. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. It's probably something. Well, it was filmed famously in um, the Gower Peninsula, wasn't it? Yes. Because they thought that looked more like, um, um, where's it set again? Wharton Baxter um, or something. It's one of these yeah, army bases. Home county sort of army base, yeah. But because of that, they had to build all the army barracks and stuff, and they didn't have the money, so most of the time it's just on this windswept beach, isn't it? Which is very, yeah, which is very odd. Yeah, because yeah, you, you sometimes see lifeguards wandering into shops. Yeah. Um, and I think I think someone drowned as well while they were filming. Um, oh yes, no, just is... behind when they're all having a laugh about something. Yeah, um, I think horrible. they found a landmine and they've um, they've disarmed it. And then oh yeah, that's it. And then uh, uh, Paul Road Kenneth kind of sits down on the landmine and they're all oh no, and it just goes like that. Yeah, exactly. laughing. But if you look at the back of the shot, there's um, poor old man fighting for his life. Well, I was going to say because when you next cut back to the scene. Um, mm. There's no sign of that man at all. No, um, there's no evidence at all that anything happened. No, it's quite chilling, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost like we're sort of seeing a cover-up. Well, I don't know, because the cameraman then zooms in, ignores the action, which is Dora, yeah. Dora Bryan having a... Having with, another go. At Kenneth Connor. Yeah, I think they're making a sandcastle or something. Something like that. And, it's, and they yeah. have, their hands meet on the turret or something. That's right. Yeah, and he, he puts his hand through a portcullis and she's like, cheeky. <laughs> yeah. That sort of thing. You but know. the cameraman ignores that and zooms in on this. Yeah, just zooms in. It's almost, as if the, yeah, it's almost as if the cameraman's like, God, I wish I was a, had a proper bloody job. And he, yeah. I think, In fact, you can hear him say that, can't you? Well, no, you, well, you no, turn it up. Yeah, you've turned up the volume. You can hear him going, where's that, where's that body gone? Yeah, um, and I think you know I'd, it'd be nice to find out what the cameraman was called because he probably went on into documentary or, or news. Well, there's a list of cameramen on the website. Oh, is there? Yes. Um, but you, but you've refused to look at that. No, you? I'm looking at it right now. Are oh, you um, looking at it now? So, okay. So, chief cameraman. Yeah. Peter. No, that can't be right. Peter Bottomley, as in MP. Oh. Married to Virginia Bottomley. That can't be right. Right. Really. Although if you click on it on Wikipedia, it does go through to his, his his Wikipedia entry, so it must be him. Right. It's very okay. Odd. What does it mention? Carry on, Corporal. Yes, it says he was known so, for for being chief cameraman on Carry on, Corporal. Oh, there you go. There and you go. his right wing stance on immigration. So, right. Um, that's quite a CV he's got. Speaking of which, there's one character. I don't know how you pronounce it. Digmut Oig. I mean, this is the name of the actor. I think he yeah. plays third. 
third Dijk, or something. Dig, Dijk, 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 Dijkman, D-U-G-H-M-E-T, is that right? Dijk, yeah, Dijkmet, 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 Anyway, I, lo- I checked him out because it's a very yeah. unusual name. He's got one other credit. Guess, guess which that? film? Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to say Kind Hearts Coronets, that sort of thing. A bit later. Oh, okay. Um, uh, a little bit later. Um, I'm going to say uh, Picnic Hanging Rock. Avatar. But he's right, you know, and he's in that. He's 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 actually the production coordinator. He's not acting at all. Oh, there's, really? There's his, his two credits on IMDb. It's quite, two credits? Yeah. Wow. I mean, it doesn't say what he was doing in the interim. No. In the, no. You know, well, 50, 50 years in between or whatever it was. Which, but which, I just thought it was a little, 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 little morsel, little factoid. No, that's wonderful. We've had some wonderful little um, things um, being being discovered as we go through Carry On Corporal. I think the weird thing for me about this film is is, is just how, how little it is actually about the corporal. Well, that's exactly. Um, I've forgotten his name again. Gerald, whatever his name was. He, yeah. he appears at the beginning, doesn't he? Yeah, right, you lot. Shape up. Exactly. And um, Terry Scott says, carry on, corporal. Then there's that 10 minute drug thing, which is very odd. Yeah. Um, and then he just, they... I think he might be in the dream sequence, or maybe. Actually, I read he, he was supposed to be, but his scene had to be cut because they didn't realise it's. <laughs> he actually had one of his bollocks hanging out. So. Oh, um, really? Yeah. But that um, would have been fine in the dream sequence. Well, I think Dora Bryan. Said she, she might have ripped it off, I suppose, in in a frenzy. Well, I think she was either she either liked it or she hated it, and I can't remember which. But either way, it had to go. Um, right. And then he just re- reappears at the end and draws down the blind. Yes. And, and it says "Naff off, Corporal" at the end. That's, yeah. Was it what he's doing that to himself? Is I, it, I don't really know. That, it's, it's weird. The, Especially yeah. considering that he was to be presumably the hero of, of the first set of films that they were going to make based on this. You know, the, the Corporal yeah. films. Keep up, corporal, and all that. I mean, yeah. Anyway, so, we'll, well, we'll mean, never I, know about that. I don't those. know how many he would have done. I mean, would he gone all the way on to shove off corporal? Or would he be? Or would he? Yeah. Would he have stayed to? It's a court martial for you, corporal. Well, yeah. Well, obviously, it never happens. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's a real curate's egg, isn't it? It is. It is, and it's difficult to sum up really. But um, I mean, overall, I enjoyed it. I'd say it's. it's yeah, I, I like you. I just love those sort of films of that time um yeah. this this one in particular because it's the beginning of a very very famous series exactly yeah. um as we said it hadn't quite found its feet it didn't quite know what it was very very odd but, you know I mean, very odd music as well and I, I, apparently it was written by, yes. by shostakovich right and it was originally apparently supposed to be done by the cold stream guard yes exactly yeah but they pulled out they pulled out because they, yeah they pulled out last minute because they had to play for the bicentenary celebration of the launch of the um, aircraft carrier, the HMS Bossy. Oh, is that is that what it was? Yeah, so instead of, using, instead of using the cold stream guards, they ended up just using the warm stream guards. Oh, I see, uh, for, for the type of music. Yeah, who just weren't as good. No, they, no they're, they're pretty pretty awful. But um, the incidental music later on, you get this weird angular sort of string quartet, and that's apparently... That's, yeah, that's, that's shot, shot the garbage, you know. Wow. Like when, when the busty young lady bends over, you just get this mm. sort of angst ridden Soviet, almost like a klaxon. T- klaxon almost. Yeah, it's just really sort of. Yeah. On, on all four yeah. instances. So I'm, I'm wondering when, as we go through all these films, when we will get to the sort of traditional swanny whistles. Yeah. The swanny whistle, the whoop, is perfect as opposed to a woman with big boobs and. Yeah. I know. 
quite jarring, isn't it? Well, I've heard that, um, that Hitchcock came to visit them on set as they were making it because he thought he right. might, might pick up some ideas. Okay. And, um, you know, only two years later was Psycho, so, you know. Yeah, well... Weirdly, this they had the string quartet on. In fact, you can see them in some scenes. They're, they're sort of playing the music live all the way through the yes. film. Which yes. gives, gives it a, a weird, unsettling, almost like a dogma film or, or Lars von Trier or something. Yeah, there's just odd. There's sort of periods of silence, and then suddenly there'll just be a clang. Exactly. Yeah. Sort of as if someone's like slapped the harpsichord. Yes. I think, I think you're right. I think there is a harpsichord in it, but a sort of slightly treated one. Cause, yeah. Because whenever Terry Scott falls over, which is, I mean, I, I, I gave up counting. I, well, he, he constantly trips over his his raster curls. Exactly. He? Which isn't which... funny the first time. No. But no, it is funny the third time. But then it's, yeah. then it's not funny again. And then it's never funny. Then it's never yeah. funny. But I, I mean, he literally trips over. I gave up counting it 64 times. And, right. And that was three minutes in. So, I mean, God knows how many more times in the film. I mean, it must run to the hundreds. It must do, yeah. yeah. But anyway, whenever you do, you get this treated harpsichord. Yeah, and there's, but and there's it's so loud in like, the mix as well. It sort of drowns out the dialogue for at least ten seconds after that. So yes, yes, you get a lot of um, uh, so, uh, just some of the Carry On team just sort of mouthing their words, and you have to sort of. Um, I, 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 tried to, tried I think there is the scene where you could lip read Kenneth Connor, and he's going, and I think I think he's saying essentially, "Make them fucking stop." Yes, but you you can't hear that. He's just yeah. him mouthing it. Make them. Well, I did. I looked into because there is a DVD of it. It's deleted. I, right. I did order it. And then but, you deleted it. Well, no. What it was is that I I put on subtitles, but they're all in Basque, so right. I, I couldn't understand them anyway. And weirdly, the subtitles are in Basque, but they've also they dubbed the film into Basque. So oh. I'm not quite sure why wow. that is. I, I don't really know. Yeah, there's um, something going on with my my uh, tally at the moment, where um because um, my partner's not English, so she prefers subtitles on when she's watching the news. But the, the news is live, so. Oh yeah, has to, it's has to catch up, and it's and not only has it gone out of sync, but now it's all in Farsi, and oh, we, can't, right. we can't get it off Farsi. No, this um, and e- even even when we turn the television off, yeah, um, there's still Farsi on it. Oh really? Yeah, it's just on there. Um, so, so so the Farsi lingers after the screen's gone gone. Yeah, well, the blank. Farsi will continue for another sort of seven or eight minutes. There'll be there'll be dialogue of maybe some other channels going. Hang on, but it's still there. The television's been switched off and unplugged, but the Farsi no, is still there. That's quite similar to this, because, you know, the running time of Karen Corporal is, what is it, one hour, uh, 32 minutes? One hour, 32 minutes, yeah. 32 minutes, but um, the running time on the back of the DVD says 10 hours. And the right. Re- and the reason for that is, as the film finishes, the subtitles carry on. And it's just this whole long. I, I think it's something about Basque separatists or something. I couldn't couldn't work it out. But it's like virtually a whole essay. So is this is this a Houdist thing? Is this a Norman thing? Maybe he had yeah. a bad time during the war. I mean, he just, as I say, spent most of it running around pretending to be a plane. So. Exactly. Yeah. Obviously, he died without giving away any of his secrets. Really. No. I mean, despite writing forty-eight books, he he never. No, he never said a thing. He never Did... said a thing about anything. No, you know, you open the book and it says blank, or sometimes I'm not going to tell you. Chapter, yeah, chapter two. What are you looking at? Yeah, chapter three. Oh, st- still here, are you? Yeah, yeah. All right. Chapter five. Take a photo. It lasts longer. That sort of thing. Yeah, and chapter chap six. You shove off. Yeah. And then, I, like, all right. Yeah, exactly. It's, but of course, I've, I think I've got at least 12, 12 of his books. Well, they're masterpieces. 
Yeah, well, they're wonderful, aren't they? Um, but um, they're odd. And you can see that yeah. oddness in this film, Carry On, Carry on Corporal. Yes. But um, so, Curate's Egg, absolutely, I agree. Yeah, um, but a lovely way to start something that is yeah. obviously going to be beloved for generations. What was your, your favourite um, gag in the film? I think my favourite bit in the film, I think, is where Kenneth Connor, yeah, uh, you know Roger Lightley, yeah. he um, he says, "What's that?" And he says, "It's a Spitfire," and he goes up to it, and the and the Spitfire oh, yes. spits fire on actual him. fire on him, actual fire on him, <laughs> and then he and then you cut to him with his face all crinkly, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, what expecting there?" Exactly, and then Terry, Scott, Terry Scott thinks it's his long-lost brother, and another yeah, which, another know. racist sort of subplot. Well, yeah, he actually puts a wig on that as well. Exactly, it's a bit yeah. plane flying with a rasta wig on it. Yeah, and and you, anything that um, well, I like that you know that subplot about Bora Dry and um, she's just trying to better herself. She's trying to be classy, and she puts down that yeah. nice occasionally like that. Yeah, she's like, I never wanted to be a bleeding teammate. Exactly, or, yeah, or be bloody life. And uh, so explanation. she goes to, I can't remember who it is, but tells her, if you want to be posh, you've got to stick your little finger out when you drink a cup of tea. Right oh, right. yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> what she does is to try and be ultra posh, she sticks all her fingers out. Yes, and right. The, and the teacup just smashes on, smashes on the floor. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's a silly gag, but it, it tickled me. Yeah, well. But yeah. Obviously, everything changes in our next edition, though, of course, yes, 1959. Yeah. The film. 1959. So the next one we'll be doing, because we are going, as you say, we're going to do all of them, aren't we? All of them, yeah, um, absolutely. And this is a real love-hate for a lot of people. A lot of people think this is where the carry-on films really begin. Mm. A lot of people think this is where they should have ended. But it's 1959, so next time we will, of course, be enjoying Carry On Milkman. Carry On Milkman, absolutely. And, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. A lot of firsts in this film coming up. But we'll talk about that yeah. next time. Not talk about that next time. Next, next time. time. So in the meantime, carry on listening to this. Carry on goodbye. Carry on Jeremy. goodbye, everyone. Carry on streaming. Carry on streaming. Because when you're streaming, I know that you're dreaming of me.